I've been working on uh, as of late is a, a strategy to help athletes recover from injury. Well, I really can't say recover from injury because technically speaking, I'm not a doctor. So the attorney told me, he was like, you can't say recover from injury. So one of the things I say is I help athletes recover their flexibility because one of the biggest things is like when an athlete gets hurt, you know, how their, their muscle spasms up, mm -hmm. you know, they're limping around, stuff like that. When that happens, they obviously, you know, it swells up, you know, it, it gets, it's weak, they lose range of motion. So one of the things I say I do, and I actually do, is I focus on increasing that range of motion, increasing that flexibility, and decreasing that swelling. Right. So we, we get a lot of athletes who, um, like a pool growing, low back pains, um, soft tissue injuries, we can actually fix these injuries, um, for the most part, in like 60 minutes or less. Um, there's actually been opportunities where I had to, like, not say opportunities, but chances where I had to showcase, um, uh, had I mean, like 10 minutes to work on a kid who had a high ankle sprain before a game. So that's one of the biggest things I was able to do, like in a high ankle sprain, right. help fix it, get them moving, have no pain, and go back out there and play. Nice. But um, so primarily I have a team of, uh, it's me and a couple other trainers, and we tra train athletes. We train athletes of all sports. Now, a lot of times people think that, you know, when we say we train athletes, because I'm in Pittsburgh, PA, you know, Western PA, you know, football is king. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, so everyone would be like, oh, do you train any outside of football players? I'm like, yes, we do. We do really well. You know, we got volleyball players. We got basketball, uh, lacrosse, you know, really any sport that, you know, athlete wants to get better, faster, quicker, more explosive. We start off with assessment. That's one of the main things that we offer is a free assessment. So basically when a parent comes to us, they say, hey, I want my kid to get, you know, faster, quicker, more explosive, whatever it may be. One of the things we want to do, we want to assess them to sit, figure out what muscles in their body are, are too weak, short, mm -hmm. overactive, anything along those lines. So that way it takes all the guesswork out. Because generally speaking, like if – and I've seen this before and sometimes people, you know, will tell me that their experiences – you know, working out. And this is just across the board. Like someone want to come in and get like faster or quicker. And the very first session, the trainer got lifting weights or doing speed exercises. But if you don't really know what the root cause of the problem is, how can you ever really fix it? It's just like if you're sick and you go to the doctor's office and you know the doctor is saying, um, you come in and you about to tell them your symptoms and the doctor just says, here, take this medication. You're like, what's this for? Like, it's for diabetes. Like, <laughs> it's not going to help you because, like, it's not getting to the root cause of the problem. Right. They, they didn't take into account for what you no know, problems that you may have had. So, same thing with training. Like, if they just get you in there first day, you just start training, but you don't know what you're working on. Um, that's how we're able to get athletes like a lot of quicker results. I've mm -hmm. seen parents say you know, they can see a difference, you know, in two or three sessions. So we're you no, know, we're getting athletes moving. We're helping them recover from injuries. Um, you know, regaining our flexibility, I should say, um, doing team training. So uh, um, that's another area that we offer team training. Actually, I really, really love team training because um, once you get to see like your whole teammates, and you really get to, I like watching it because you get to see like the kids who actually come and put in work. The one thing about my training, the kids who put in work, 
you're going to slowly increase. Because sometimes you have talented kids. It's like a Nike commercial where they say talented but right. lazy. And, and you see that often. It's, that's not like abnormal. Right. So you'll see someone who's talented but lazy, but then you get someone who just comes in and just goes to work, just work every day. They'll get more and more athletic. And you'll see them start to like come, in some cases, even surpass that, that talented that, kid um, over time and given a work ethic and know where they're at. So that's one of the things about team training I really love to see. And they're really competing against each other. So by the time they go out and compete against another team, like they're so used to competing at a high level because everyone's pretty fast. Mm-hmm. When they go against someone else, it's not as not as fast. So they really get to showcase their athleticism. So a question that I have for you, and this is coming from a, a guy that had had kids in sports young. I coached Little League. I officiated like powder puff or peewee football all the way up. And you said that like you see the parents say, well, I see my kid getting quicker. Ever since that they're little, you got parents out there that think like they're playing in the little league that they're getting, they're going to get a deal from like Clemson and go to the world <laughs> series that next year. So I, parents can sometimes be biased. Mm-hmm. So when you do that, like, do you have, um, do you, do you kind of set us like almost kind of like a, a set of standards when you see somebody like, like we want to see you do a, B and C, and then mm-hmm. you actually are training them and you can see this progression. Mm-hmm. Cause like I said, Parents, and I know I'm guilty of this too when, when my daughter is playing basketball. Um, you know, you always, every parent sees the absolute best in their kid and never sees any flaws. Yeah. So yeah. do you guys kind of hold that? Like, do you and your other trainers sit back and say, okay, hey, we got, we got Brenda over here. Mm-hmm. And we know that we need her to work on this modality, this modality, this modality. And then we can see that she's making progress. Mm-hmm. And so you know that the person is actually progressing the way that you guys kind of envision it happen. Yes. Okay. Yeah, so when we when we able to put that program, one of the things we're able to do is when we talk to the parents, we can create like a, a clear set of standards. Because like I said, from the assessment, we tell them, like I said, what muscles in their body are weak or overactive, and we actually show them so that they can see these are the compensations. Then we start going over the exercise they need to start incorporating. Because it's like, all right, these are your problem. I'm just making something up. Right. Let's say you got, you know, tight, you know, growing muscles, adductors. You got weak uh, glutes. You know, you got a weak obliques. I'm like, if you fix these three areas, then you'll be able to get to wherever you get to. Because their goal may be just to start. Their goal may be to, um, you know, uh, come first place in wrestling. You know, right. Hit still so many bases, whatever it may be. But it's like... You can't get to that goal right now because you're limited in your athleticism. So what we're going to do is we're going to focus on these areas and improve them. And really, we give them like homework to do on our own. So, and that's one thing I love about it because you can tell who's doing what right. because they'll start improving that much different. So I, I can really literally tell them say, "Hey, we're going through the stretches. All right, do the second stretch, do the third stretch, whatever it may be." And I'm like, "Ah, uh, I don't know," or they're not really sure. And those will be the same athletes that won't get the results as soon. And I reiterate to him, like, you're not going to get to where you want to get to um, until you start focusing on these areas. But the great thing about our classes and our training is I can point someone out. I can say, this person started, this this, like, this recently happened, um, like someone had just started a class and, and I let them know, like, the other person, she has set a record. I'm like, because she has great flexibility. Like, she was, um, uh, she, she runs track for Upper St. Clair. Now, indoor track, they don't really get a chance to practice the, their jumps, like the long jumps and mm-hmm. high jumps, because they don't have the, those indoor pads. 
but she's able to still set a record, her indoor record, her very first indoor track meet of the year, even without practice, because she has a good flexibility. Nice. And then she, once she incorporates that strength training and the other areas that we need from the assessment, we're able to just elevate, because her they came in with a goal where they want to get to. And I'm like, as long as they fix these areas, there should be no problem. Because because most parents, you know, you said there are sometimes it's unrealistic in like their efforts, what they want. Right. Like they may not come in and be like, "Hey, I want to, you know, I want you know, um, Alabama to come in for us." Like that takes that takes a lot, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but usually they're they're more realistic. Like I want them to get a scholarship. I want them to start. I want them, you know, not to run funny, whatever it may be. Right. And with those assessments and the exercises, as long as they're doing it, and we point it out to the parent. A lot of times, I will tell the parent too. They'd be like, can we stay? Like, yeah, stay. I want you to stay so you can see what right. we're telling them and how um, how if, if they fix that, it'll make them better. And the parent usually gets it too as well. In some cases, the parent will be like, that's the same thing I told them. Like, they, they don't listen. Like, right. I told them to do that. As soon as you tell them, they do it. Right. And sometimes they need a, a Yeah, sometimes that's all it takes. Like I said, you and even, like I said, playing and coaching and everything else. Like I said, I've, I've coached kids where – you know, I know that their parents were, were just stud athletes in track yeah. or something. Yeah. And you were like, hey, you got to do A, B, and C. And, okay. And same thing, a parent would be like, I've been telling that. Why are they yeah. listening to you? <laughs> sometimes it's just the title of me not being a parent. Because sometimes yeah. as soon as your parent says something, you're like, yeah, yeah, whatever. You, you, you shut that, shut Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Now, what's the, uh, like, do you have an age limit? Like, what's the youngest that you start with these kids? So, generally, I say, like, um, we start, like, at eight and up. Okay. Um, but there's been cases where we have six-year-old. I'm, like, when I'm, like, so I'll host, like, a free um, corrective exercise speed camp. Well, basically, it's a speed camp that teaches athletes how to, um, you know, not only how they get faster, but it corrects like their uh, their, their running form, mechanics, or even if they're injured. Like some a lot of times, people will come in and say, "Hey, my roll my ankle or my knee. I can't practice. I can't you know, do speed training because I have that going on." We created a way to incorporate that speed training with the um, with the uh, with the speed camp. I mean, the speed the, the corrective exercise with the speed camp and kind of put it all together. Um, and we've seen like a great uh, a great a great um, uh, success with that as well that's awesome uh what what would you tell you know kids or parents or any athlete whatsoever like hey um i suggest this for preventative measures of getting injured you know because to even prevent these things from happening you know what should they be doing in their regimen you know maybe whether eating or stretching or whatever it may be i would say the two biggest things um is sleep and eating, and I, I tell people all the time, because kids nowadays there's so much, um, so much distraction when they you know, when they could be going to sleep and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So they're not getting good sleep, not getting quality sleep, and that sleeps when your your brain really your body recovers, and that's how you actually even learn how to do do new movements. So I tell kids like when like when, like when you first start trying to ride a bike, you don't get it that very first time. Like you may get on, you, know, you ride a little bit, you fall off, you ride, but every day you get better and better and better. Because your brain will, will is downloading those, those new movement patterns. It's refined those every day when you sleep. So the longer sleep you get, the more refined, redefined movement pattern you get. It just gets it more embedded in there. So making sure kids sleep, that's like a huge one for me. Uh, another big one is flexibility. Because here's the thing. 50% of all injuries are preventable. And a lot of your injuries that kids get will be from their training program. But they don't know it. No, 
And you can see this in a lot of cases. If you see like, um, let's say in a, in a school program, like three people got shoulder problems, four people got growing problems, you know, two, three people been blew off their knee and their ACL in the last couple of years. When I say that, I mean like a non-contact type. Like right. They're running, they're cutting, and their knee gives out. That's more of a structural issue. So flexibility is a huge part because a lot of times kids lack that flexibility. And when you lack the flexibility, you're more likely to get hurt. But also, too, if you want to get faster, like literally, I tell kids all the time, stride distance times stride frequency equals speed. So you got to build a gain ground with each step. And also, you got to have fast turnover. Mm-hmm. In order to do that, you need that flexibility. So I would say, you know, getting rest, getting sleep, a good night's sleep every night um, is, you know, is key. And then also, too, the flexibility. Um, those are the, the, the biggest things. Like I, I can do a stretch where I can, <clears throat> excuse me, where I can see where, um, like a lot of quad and hip flexor stretches, um, I can tell like, basically how athletic a kid is. Like just, just from the scene. Or, or, or I can say how much more they can be because sometimes kids are athletic but they, their body just compensates. And I, I tell people all the time, athletes are like the ultimate compensators because, you know, if you're playing and you roll your ankle and you're like, you're like hobbling along, like you, you, a kid wants to get back in there. So they're, they're right. not going to sit out real long. They're going to be like, I'm good enough, I'm good enough, I can get back in there. So they're going to go back in there. But they may still be in pain. They're still like compensating, but they're still going to find a way to play and do well, almost so well that you may not even be able to tell they're hurt but right. they're really banged up. And then, you know, that's when sometimes injuries come out of nowhere. People say, but that's not really that came out of nowhere. It's, you know, they're always been at risk. You just didn't know. Right. And, um, yeah, so those are the two biggest ones, getting rest um, and that flexibility. Yeah, that sleep thing is is no joke. Um, being that I was in military and training and stuff, they, they would purposely deprive us of sleep mm. <laughs> and make you function mm-hmm. and it's just it's one of the hardest things and because you they'll give you like simple stuff mm-hmm. but you've been awake for so long and going it, it's just it's it's a struggle but and i noticed it too and i know this is this is not something i'm proud of but like i same thing i was having a lot of a lot of trouble i wasn't getting rested i was and mm-hmm. found out i had sleep apnea i got one of those beautiful machines by yeah. the bed now but now that I have that and I'm getting solid sleep, it's Night like day. I feel so much better. Like I feel so much better during the day and everything that I'm doing is just like, it makes a difference. And I, like you said, kids nowadays are so distracted because they got their phone or they got yeah. the video games and everything else is just instantaneous right in front of their face mm-hmm. to say, hey, take a break, yeah. go lay down is just, it's kids haven't. Uh, there's a lot of kids that haven't even grown up that way. You know, like when they come out, sometimes the babysitter is, here's my iPad, here's my yeah, phone, here's busy. this. Yeah. It just, and it's, they're not used to that. And it's, I'm glad that you brought that up because rest is a huge thing. And you said and something really, forgiven. you said something really important where sleep is when your brain sleeps. If you're playing Fortnite, turn your TV off and hit the bed, your brain's not going to sleep for a couple hours. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's like the same thing after we do a show, like we play a show. Oh, yeah. You, you can you can load out, come home, and go to bed, and you're yeah. still running the the show in your head, and you're like, yeah. oh, maybe I, maybe I should have done this, or this mm-hmm. was funny, or this, and it's like <laughs> you like you said, you just you can't flip off your brain. Right. I wish sometimes I wish I could, but mm-hmm. my wife thinks that I do sometimes, but that's that's <laughs> that's a different podcast. <laughs> what but, would you say the most common injury you see coming in is that could be prevented? 
uh, rolled ankles. Rolled ankles. I, I say rolled ankles because like everything starts from the ground up. Like like yeah. literally like as you walk, you you first hit the ground. Like your heel hits the ground, it initiates that step. So roll ankle is a, is a normal one. But the thing about it is a roll ankle. Um, once you roll the ankle, then you start getting other compensation, other mm-hmm. possibilities. Because a lot of people don't realize it's like every time you roll your ankle, you get decreased hip act, glute activation in your hip. So your hip gets weak. So not only you only do you want to focus on fixing your ankle, but you want to fix that glute as well and work them in a pair. And that's one of the biggest things that um, like even like with, with, with physical therapy, I, I can't say they don't, but some of the people who, who have went there have let me know like when they had an injury, they focus on that one side. But here's the problem. If you if you have an injury and you're getting rehab and you're doing it the one side, you gotta realize you put other weight, more weight on the opposite one. You hurt this leg, so you're gonna walk and more on this mm-hmm. one. So now this one's compensating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's you have both you have two issues right now and you're only focusing on one. So this gets fixed, then this one has a problem. Right. So I would say roll ankles, and that's just something that, you know, kids get easily from, you know, from youth all the way on up. But um um, yeah, I would say the roll ankles, but that's yeah. one of the biggest things. You can focus on their flexibility, their calf muscles, and the side of their calf muscles, and that could help alleviate a lot of that. How often do you come across guys or athletes, you know, not just guys, um, <laughs> that are, you know, not coachable? I mean, I know that it, it could be rare because most of the time if people are coming to you, they want to be there mm-hmm. or they're maybe pushed there by their parents, but they're looking for you for your services. Yeah. You know, how, how often do you come across people that just, you can't get, get right with them? It's funny you say that. So uh, two different scenarios. So one scenario is if they, if they come to me, usually I would say most of the time they're, they're I don't say they're not coachable. Cause I try to explain everything in a number of different ways. And I tell them, give me feedback. Let me know if something will make sense. If I said something that, if I said we're doing this this day and then I, I, you think I contradict myself or I say something wrong or you don't understand, let me know so that way we, we can kind of figure it out and get you on the right path. Because I want to make sure that they understand. I put it like this. I put it on myself. There's no reason they shouldn't be able to understand what I'm telling them and how to get better. So if they really want to get better, they're going to they're going to I'm going to communicate with them. I'm going to find a way to, to connect with them. And then, they're, they're, then at that point, it's up to them to kind of put it all in place. Um but so I would say most of the time I don't really get anyone that's not coachable. I may have to reinforce that um, and give them different examples a couple of different times, a little bit longer. But most of the time I would say I would say we're, we're pretty um, lucky in the sense that most of the kids want to make the change when it comes to us. Right. Now let's say if we're doing team training, team training different story. Right. With team training, you know you got some people on the team. You know they they got big plans. They want to go places. Some people on the team. You know, they're just they're just there. Some people on a team, um, it's just different. You get a lot of different personalities. So in that situation, I may not get some. I don't want to say it's not coachable, but it it, it could be coachable. It's gonna be lazy too. Right. Like in a sense, like like I wanna I wanna get better, but I don't necessarily want to do all this. And I'm like, this is why you need to do all that. Um, but I just I just make them to the degree. Always let them know it's voluntary. So like how how? But I mean, how frustrating is that when you see somebody that has that talent? And just doesn't want to put the work in. I mean, on your end, it's got to be like kind of. It's got to uh, sometimes so, just be like you just want to grab them and be like, "Kid, like, just put in the extra work, and you'll you'll get to that next level real quick." And it just like you said, it's just it one if it's not instantaneous because like we talked about the phones, and everything because it's instant gratification anymore. Or like you said, just that one is like, I I don't need to do this, and you're like, 
oh, I just want to just grab you and say, come on, get, get your head out of your ass. Right. I, I would say earlier in my career, it was definitely frustrating, leaving a little bit more frustrated. But as I the more I've done this, like I've I just realized there's always, there's always going to be that group of people. And, um, and what happens is, like I said before, I'll spend more time and energy with someone who wants to get better. And what will happen is usually if they're doing like a team training, they'll start seeing that other person get better and better and better. And, um, and then that almost makes them want to start listening and start paying attention. Right. Because it's, like, it's, like, it's like the competitive nature kicks in. You see everyone start getting a little bit better and better, and you're struggling. It's like, now nah, i got to put the work in. So I've seen people change like that in that sense too as well. So I don't necessarily let, get frustrated anymore by that. I just let them just, you know, see what's going to, see what happens. But, you know, that them seeing our teammates improve is like a really big, uh, really big help for that. Thanks. I saw during the Steelers, during the Steelers season, uh, TJ Watt had went down with a groin injury and I saw you posting <laughs> and imploring for the Steelers to give you a call. Hey, we, we know we do those. Mm. Um, is that like a, a goal for you to have, uh, maybe even being on the sidelines with a professional team or having professional guys come in in your facility? Yeah, well, it's not necessarily a goal, but I, I guess you can't say it to a degree because, I mean, I want to challenge myself to see. Because also, too, here's the thing. Like, like I said before, like we work with soft tissue injuries. We can't fix everything. Like right. you get a dislocated finger, you bring it to me. I'm like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> like, I am not hoping with that. But – um. But like when, because when, you know, like the trainer, they have the best of the best stuff, you know, especially on a high level. Mm-hmm. So I'm, when they, like when I, when I can, you know, help someone, an athlete recover quickly like like this, I always wonder, like, wonder what they got going. They may have something more serious that's out of my scope that's going on. I don't know. Right. But in the same token, I want to take a crack at it. I want to see if I can help it because um, this is part of the, the mile flex that I developed. Like I went to two different college universities. I said earlier, I went to, you know, Townsend University spoke with the director of sports medicine. He never seen or heard what I've done. Like, he's seen and heard the things that I've done, but not the way like, I come up right. with a creative solution as to how, to how to put certain strategies together. And with the strategy I created, he never seen, but he confirmed that it worked. I went to Cal University, um, California University of Pennsylvania. I went up there and spoke with the director of sports medicine. And there was a kid who had a high ankle sprain. And, um, and I had like 10 minutes and worked on it real quick. And the, the sports medicine director was so surprised. He actually wrote me a testimonial because he's surprised that I was able to help, you know, increase the range of motion and the flexibility and the strength. And when I kid, and he, I don't think he had any more pain as well within just 10 minutes. Yeah. So, so when I, when I do something like that and I seen like the professionals, um, see that like, Oh, this is, this is great. And then they can actually confirm that it works. Cause usually when you're trying to introduce something new, that's why I try to work with athletic trainers. Like, I'm here to work with you, not necessarily against you, because there's a lot of stuff that I can't do. Like the Demar Hamlin thing, like like, like if someone goes down, that's that's out of my scope. Like you know, they have a heart issue, something like that. Like I do, like the soft tissue, so one mm. little small p- portion. But I'm like, if I can help out in that area, let's work together. I can help out in that area. You can focus on other things. So, um, uh, yeah, getting back to the Steelers, yeah, I mean, I. Or you know, professional athletes, I definitely would like to track some because, like, when I do that, when I see what I what I've done, I'm like, I wonder if I can do it on these guys too. But I'm I'm pretty sure. But uh, given the opportunity, it, it'll, it'll come around. I'm pretty yeah. sure it'll come around. It'd be great if you could tie in with one of those colleges in their sports medicine program and get almost like somebody that can come and 
train with you guys to, to pass on that knowledge. Like you said, you've been to sports medicine clinics and the head of the department's like, oh, wow. So, mm-hmm. like, if you can get those trainers to come down and, and intern with you or do something so they can take that and, and go with it, I think that would be huge if you could – that would be awesome for you if you could get tied into a couple colleges and, like, that's that's one of their actually, interns. Actually, yeah, I never even thought of it like that. But um, and I've had a couple of interns, you know, just in the summertime and stuff like that. But I never had any athletic trainers that can come down during the um, internship. And that, that actually would be a pretty good. I'm, I'm gonna take that idea. <laughs> Absolutely, it's all started here. Yeah, started that's here. It. Just run with it. But like I said, that, uh-huh. I mean, that's to me, that's one of the best things that you can do with just like society. Mm-hmm. You know, pay it forward. Like, have somebody come in and say, "Hey, this is what I've learned. This works." Mm-hmm. And then say that that athletic trainer goes to I don't know small town usa yeah. and guess what now they're like the best trainer that's around her because they're doing these techniques that they've they've mm-hmm. learned from you and what they whatever college but yeah that'd be great if you get tied into a or a couple of colleges mm-hmm. and um but you know just not that team from up north you can do any college <laughs> on the planet but it better not have maize and blue and i got your back <laughs> yeah i know it's other than that just no so uh, Antonio, what's uh, how'd you get started in this? What's your background? Where where'd you come from? What what sports you play? What did you do growing up? And how did you get to from when you were a kid to where you are now? Yeah, so uh, so as far as like a background bio, so I got my undergrad degree in management information systems, so like dealing with computers and programming, mm-hmm. and then I get my master's uh, degree in exercise science and health promotion with a concentration of performance enhancement and injury prevention. So pretty much the longest college major title ever. <laughs> it's like huge. <laughs> um, so I, um, I, start, I grew up in Pittsburgh. I started playing baseball, football, and track. And actually, where I got the name of my business from, ne- Next Level, was from my baseball team. So our baseball team, like we were one of the best baseball teams in the city of Pittsburgh. We played all games on the road, which is crazy now I think about it. Because like we were kids. Um, we just thought we, we just, I didn't even realize we didn't have a home field. We had a practice field, but I didn't realize we didn't have a home field. <laughs> I was like, where's the game at today? We was going to go play. We was going to go play. So um, we played every game on the road. We won two out of three championships. The uh, the Duchess of York, Fergie, she actually came in from England to come see us play. Um, they wrote a book about our baseball team as well. Nice. Um, we got to still get to play down our old Three River Stadium. You know, oh, yeah. PNC, it's three, three Rivers now. Um yeah, and actually, and I got MVP that game, uh, that, that championship. That was a great game. That's a crazy game because somebody hit a ball out to um, center field. Like, he crushed it, and they threw like the, the center fielder to the shortstop threw it to me, and we got him out at the end, like like game time. Um, well, it would have been game winning, but we ended up stopping that. So you were a catcher. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely catcher, catcher, yeah. Yep, I was a squatter myself. Yeah. and um, So I played – you know, baseball and football and track all the way up through high school. Um, little league football played for Wilkinsburg. And then high school played for Penn Hills. Okay. Uh, we had a pretty good season. And then college, I played for Shippensburg University. Um, you know, that's all conference there. And, you know, I was a cornerback. Actually, I should have been a safety, but I'm going to cornerback. It was because one year we ran out of cornerbacks. And um, they was like, can you move the safe from safety to cornerback? I'm like, all right. I, I didn't really want to do it, but it's during spring. I just figured it'd be like one spring semester that I'd be back at safety. And then it was like, basically, well, we couldn't get – they it got people in, but they wasn't good enough to take my position, basically. 
So I stayed there, and the guy that was a safety, he's pretty good too. So he's like, well, just you're doing fine there, you're doing fine there. And we actually had a pretty good uh, defense. Like we had, I think, nine out of 11 starters on defense. Went all conference. We ended up winning the um, PSAC championship my senior year. Um, and we got first round by playoff game. So it went pretty well. And actually on our team, we, we had, I think, out of a Division two school, which is crazy, I think we had four people go to NFL. We had Brent Grimes, who um, was all pro as a cornerback. He's really is you know amazing. Um, we had Ryan Hoffman, Joel Gamble. Oh, and John Coon. Yeah, he oh, had okay. another, he, yeah, yeah, John Coon. Another long career. So we had like four people on our team. Like I said, we had a pretty good team. So, so after that, you know, you know, back in my day. Old saying that. Back in, <laughs> back in my day. <laughs> so um, back then, you know, when we worked out, like if you were an athlete, like people say you couldn't teach speed. So if you're as fast or just fast, you know, you now I always wanted to work out hard and be the best I can be. Right. So I always worked out hard, but I found out that's working hard in the wrong direction. So after I got done playing um, uh, uh, college football, I ended up playing arena football. And when I was playing arena football, well, funny story, I got called in. So how I ended up playing arena football because I got a phone call during graduation, and I was literally at the out there about to graduate. And I got a phone call. It's like, hey, this is um, Wayne Wall from um, the Johnstown Riverhawks. You want to play arena football? I'm like, I'm like so excited. <laughs> I, I'm so excited, but I don't want to tell him I gotta go. But I'm at the graduation. I don't be sitting there talking on the phone. Right. But I'm like, yeah, I'll call you back. I'm like about to graduate. So I'm not playing there, and then part of that journey of me playing arena football. I, I ran it to um, Bill Paris. He's James Harrison's agent. And I was talking with him, and he actually does sport. He's an agent. He's a CEO of the YMCA. He's, um, um, he's a, like a track coach as well and a like, sports trainer. And and I went to go see him, and he's working me out. And he was like, if you'd have had half-decent training, you probably could have made it to the NFL. I mean, not not to say that my goal – my goal was to make an NFL, I think, as a lot of kids growing right. up. But, you know, I didn't get get to that point. I got to play arena football for some years. But once he told me that, it just made me realize, like, I was working really, really hard in the wrong direction. And I, I started thinking, like, how many other people are basically working really hard but in the wrong direction? And and that's that's not a good thing. So and once I started, like, learning, like, like, oh, you can really learn about, like, exercise and sports training – that made me go back to school for my master's, which is crazy to me because I never thought, once I got my undergrad, I thought I was just done. Right. Like, I'm done. And then my master's, and, um, and I ended up getting uh, a 3.9 magna cum laude, um, which is surprising for me. And the reason why I say it, because I was always like a, a BC student, and then at the highest level, I get like all A's. Right. And I just, I just found my passion, I really love to do, because like, that's uh, the other thing too. Like I see a lot in my athletes. I see a lot of myself in them because I'm like, they just want to get better. They they were looking for a place to find answers, and I'm like, these are the, the if you do these do this based upon here, you will be a better athlete. Even like today, I can say that because I know I um, I feel the difference for me doing what I'm doing, and I know they, they get the same thing. So, um, so once I realized you can learn about that, that's why I started my business, the Next Level Athletic Fitness. And I uh, was doing that, and I was actually playing arena football, and I was getting my master's at the same time. So I was applying a lot of stuff while I was learning. It's like, well, I remember one off season when I was training, um, I some of the D-backs, or a cornerback and safety. So when I was literally, like, I was practicing, practicing, practicing. Then we started practice for, like, the arena team. 
like I, I wasn't really practicing against nobody because you know, it, it was always hard to find people to, to work out with and train and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So by the time I was training myself when I was in, you know, and uh, get my master's, when I got back to the field, I was actually way faster than I expected. So I was breaking faster, like on pass plays and stuff like that. I had to kind of readjust my game, which is the part that I always, you know, for, I don't say forget about, but I, I always make sure it's an emphasis to tell the athletes, like, once you start fix, fixing your weaknesses, you're going to be much better. You're going to be able to do certain things you weren't able to do before. Right. Um, and and, and that, you can tell when they start really getting really, really good and start learning how to master those those skill sets. So, um, yeah, so I ended up getting my master's. And um, I was playing arena football. and had a decent career. You know, played four years arena football. And then um, I started my regular uh, you know, work life. So primarily I'm a health and wellness consultant as well. Um, so I was a health and wellness consultant with Cigna. And developing health and wellness strategies, I got the opportunity to work with like Home Depot. I create wellness strategies for Disney. Um, I create Cigna's first YouTube video database, like a whole bunch of different exercise yeah. videos and stuff like that. That's awesome. Um, yeah, so yeah, so that's how I kind of got to where I am now. And now I like to be able to apply what I've learned all those years and tell the athletes. So yeah, it's kind of a long story, but isn't it funny how the universe just drops people? in your life when you need it. Like mm. you met that, that agent, which by the way, thanks to him, I, we got James Harrison in new England for a while. So, ah! <laughs> but, um, no, just the fact that like, you know, you hear somebody tell you just that, that basic sentence, you were training in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. And it's just that one person drops in your life and gives you that message. And then now you're here. You're, Helping, oh, yeah, yeah, true. you're helping, yeah, you're helping kids, from that, yeah. Yeah, 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 from yeah. not benefit like from not training in the wrong direction. So mm-hmm. it's just, it's, I, I don't know, I'm more, you know, about that. How like the universe just drops people in your life when you need them or when you don't even know you, that you need them. They're here, they give you one little sentence, and now you it changes the trajectory of my life. You're building an empire, yeah, yeah. It's that's awesome. And I'm, and I'm so thankful that just you know, for him even saying that I and mean, actually learning that you could do that because, like, right. You said, that was it was a blessing that the uh, for him to be there and, and come across and and everything changed after that. So. And probably like I don't know maybe for for my point of view, but if somebody told me that you were training in the wrong direction and you could have made it to this point, probably had been like like a punch in the gut, like yeah, oh, like what have I done? And then mm-hmm. but no, that's great that it, it inspired you and like you said, change your trajectory and now you're helping you're pay, you're paying it forward, man. That's mm-hmm. unbelievable. Super happy for you. Oh, thanks, thanks. I have a, actually a two-sided question for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first part is would be, A, how does it feel even now looking back and saying, man, we started here. You know, I, I don't know what kind of facility you had when you first started. But, man, mm-hmm. we got we went from here all the way to here. You know, how does it feel, you know, feeling that, thinking of those memories and that? And the second side of that question would be, um, Aside from training athletically, how often do you find yourself being that mentor or that guide to kids to come in and to see you like, hey, you've got this little time over here, you know, let me, you know, put you on game or, you mm-hmm. know, or they come at you with questions and, and you, you know, push them in the right direction. Yeah. So to start with your first question, um, you know, starting off, yeah, starting off, you know, starting with one one player, as it's funny too, with the it was a hockey player. So, like, I mean, a lot of times people think of next level, they wouldn't think of, like, a hockey player. That's the very first athlete we started off with. So, and like I said before, my main um, – I'm mainly a health and wellness consultant. So, I always usually just did next level kind of like off the side of my desk. So, to, so to like, 
to look at it where we started at back in like 2009, which is, once again, is one thing that's way, 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 way back in the start of 2009. <laughs> um, was just like more of a, like of a hobby, just kind of do it offside of my desk to like now, you know, we got the trainers and, you know, we grown doing team stuff and, you know, developing, you know, strategies that, you know, even like sports medicine directors haven't seen before. To see that that transition and all the, you know, all the the great athletes with all the accolades is, you know, it's 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 really humbling now thinking about it. Like, uh, I'm glad I had the opportunity. I'm also too. I'm really glad and thankful for my clients for for trusting me because a lot of times, like, if I had somebody before with like a hamstring almost torn off the bone, and I told his dad, like, just get them to me twice a week, I'll be able to do it. Now, I can't say I, I knew for sure, but, like, it's kind of a big risk. So, like, I had to make sure that I actually deliver on what I say. Right. And I was able to. Like, he's now he's one of the fastest kids on his team. Help his team, you know, to whip your championship in baseball and right. in football. And, like, he's a major part of that. And, you know, all conference in baseball. So, like, being, he's a catcher, too. <laughs> yeah. And that's got to be tough with the, with, the, with the busted hamstring to get rehabbed because, like, mm-hmm. you got to jump up. Yeah, you know what I mean, Dude, quad and hamstrings for, yeah, for it, days. He's a receiver, <laughs> receiver DB on um on for football, so yeah, he definitely needed a speed and um yeah, to, to so to see that growth and then and to think about where we're going in the future, um, and, you know, it's, it's definitely exciting. And like I said, we, this we're moving forward, I want to start working with more teams. So kind of to go along with what you were saying with the second part of the question. I do one thing that I like to do is I like to inform, I like to make videos and educate the athletes because I feel like this therapist told me this one time. She's like, you know, you don't want to hold on to information because the more you try to hold on to it, the less you can receive information um, if your hands are always closed. So I always kept that in my mind. I was like, you know, and, and that's kind of like a person that I always kind of was anyway. Mm-hmm. That kind of just confirmed it. So I always try to know, educate. And also, too, I learned a lot from learning from my athletes. So they may ask me a question, so I always tell them, no, no, let me know, like, if something's wrong or something, like, give me feedback. Don't, and it's not like practice. Like, even, this is a side note, so, like, a lot of times I'll work with athletes, and I'll say, um, um, like, you guys, you tired, you thirsty. They're like, no, I'm not, I'm not thirsty, I'm not thirsty. I'm like, it's not a joke. You actually need water. I need <laughs> you hydrated. You, they, they recover. So, like, breaking down those walls and those barriers, um, getting them more comfortable, you know, with, with uh, opening it up. Not about when they're tired, fatigue, or or even when they ain't get enough sleep or not. So I really enjoy giving back and, and teaching and molding. I'm looking to do more of that, um, you know, these upcoming years. And I always we were talking about interns and stuff too. So I have quite a couple. I actually have a couple former athletes that asked asked to be my intern. I was surprised about. It. It's like yeah, and I, actually one of my uh, trainers he ended up going back for his masters. Um, and exercise science. So we're on the same level now. Nice. And I started training him. He's in the eighth grade. He's like literally one of my fa- first speed camps. Worked work with him from eighth grade all up to college. They play a little bit of arena. Then he ended up go, going for his master's back in this field. And he's another person that um, I kept pushing me um, from a standpoint, like, because he was curious. That's what I thought the big thing is. I'm just curious about injuries and how they happen. And, and not necessarily injuries, how they happen, but how to get athletes better. What do they need? Like, what's all included? Like, sleep, the diet, mm-hmm. um, you know, what's all, everything that they need. So, he was the one that that gave me a lot of, that question, he just have questions. I'd be like, I don't know. And then, like, I would just look it up and I'd find more information and I'm like, all right, it's cool. So, yeah, so I really like, you know, being able to help out and give back and, and actually 
get more athletes in this field because I always one thing I say is like if you're an athlete and then like when sports is done, whatever that time may be, like to get in this field and be able to help and give back, like, like any athlete can almost do that if they, right. if they so choose to. Yeah, because sometimes it's just it's hard when you're you're not actually playing the game anymore. Yeah, so yeah. it's like I said, I I I I love football. I love playing football. I love coaching football. But like at that time, the job that I had, I couldn't coach because I couldn't be at school by two thirty. So I, I got into officiating. Same oh. thing. I mean, it's just one of those things that you you it's always want to be involved yeah. and you you want to do that. And it's, sometimes it's 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 hard. To realize that your body's like, yeah, you can't do that anymore. <laughs> you just, yeah, yeah. You, you just, my wife is laughing at me because in my storage locker, I still have my softball cleats. <laughs> and she goes, when was the last time you put these on? I'm like, when we played for like the championship in 2002. She goes, it's 2022. <laughs> she goes, you can, you, we can throw them out. I'm like, we ain't throwing them out. I'll play against I would say you never know. You never know. That's it. And you know, it's, a, it's like, a, like the week after you put throw them away or something like that. Someone's like, hey, so hey we're a co-ed team. We, yeah. we need somebody. I'd be like, mm. and I'd say, yeah, I'm up. And I'd probably go out there and swing the bat and probably, I'd, I don't know. It wouldn't be good. I'd probably like herniate three discs, dislocate a shoulder, <laughs> break a toe. I'd just, it would be, it'd be awful. But yeah, like I said, I, it's, it's good to see like some, especially when you know people that love the game. When they come back and they still contribute, whether it's rehabbing or just coaching kids or officiating, or because mm. it, it's and it's hard. And we we talked about this a little bit before. Sometimes <laughs> parents are the worst coaches and trainers on the planet. They will get something in their head and they will run. And it and if you deviate from that, man, it's like, well, what's wrong with you? And you know, my, my cousin's brother is a physical therapist that worked on, you know, <laughs> Jackie Chan. And he yeah. said that you need to do this. And mm -hmm. so it's just, I, no, it's awesome. It, it'd be, it'd, I can't really imagine. Like I have a lot of, um, my hats off to a lot of coaches cause they, oh man, like I'd be hearing them in the stands, like the fans <laughs> in the stands and like they just have their perspectives. I remember one time I was on the sideline and somebody yelled at me, it's like, hey, they got my attention. I turned around. It was like, tell the coach to run this play. I'm like, no, I'm not telling them to do that. No, like, there's so much involved in, like, just, just a random person telling you, change your whole offense, change your defense. Right. You just can't just do that. And it's so crazy that fans think you can make these these, these yeah. grandioso changes, so to speak. So, um, What's funny is, um, of all the years that I officiated, mm -hmm. I only threw out two coaches. Both of them were in Pee Wee games. Oh, really? Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I mean, just losing their mind. I'm At like, Pee Wee game. Yeah, wow. coaches, yeah. not parents. Uh, coaches. Finally, I was like, you're gone. I only two in my entire years of officiating. Only, oops, only two coaches, and they were both in Pee Wee games. One of them was from Wheeling Park. Oh, yeah. Like third play in, I'm like, you're gone. Third play. <laughs> oh goodness. Gone. Like I can like as an official, you get you you know, you gotta have that yeah that deaf ear. Yeah. But it was just like mm, no, you're gone. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> How long did you officiate for? Uh was like six years. Six years? Yeah. Okay. Enough to get through high school. I did some college games, but it was just, you know, life changes. Okay, yeah, yeah. And it just I, I got out of it. I same thing. I miss it. What's funny is like we were talking the other day. My we were watching when we watch football. My wife always like, 
like I look at it from a different level. Like, mm. it, you know, if, as a player yeah. and a coach, you look at it one level. Mm. And, you know, if you officiate, you kind of look at other things. And yeah. But sometimes people that never played the game, just always watched it, know everything. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. She's always like, like I, I, if I'll say that was that was a flag, I was really like that was you know that was hands to the face. She's like where and there's a flag on the field and they call it. She was like, but you just get trained. Like I'll watch like nothing but the offensive lineman. Yeah, yeah for this yeah. play. So, all right. Before I put a cue to put a ribbon on this episode, I got one question. We got 49ers and Chiefs left. What's your prediction? So you can either brag about it or you can eat your words later in this episode. Comes. <laughs> I know, right? This may not age well. I've been doing a lot of eating my words this year. <laughs> we we both did from the last podcast. I remember that first uh, that first graph we put up that week one just destroyed it. Yeah. Oh man! <laughs> Rogers getting injured and everything after putting the Jets up. Oh yes. Um, I'm I'm gonna go with the Chiefs. Chiefs, yeah, I'll it's hard to go against them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've mentioned before that it's tough to go, uh, tough to bet against the Chiefs, but uh, man, I don't know how well they're going to block that 49ers line. I mean, and also I'm going off of just that first week, so it's kind of ridiculous for me to go off of that. But just one guy, Aiden Hutchinson, was just tearing the Chiefs line apart, and I just don't see, you know, if they made those appoint uh, improvements in what 19 weeks of ball. I'm sure they have, but that's one guy. And now they got to go up against Bosa. They got to go up against Hardgrave. They got to go up against Chase Young. And then when those guys are tired, oh, hey, let's try to block Randy Gregory. You know, we're not even talking about the second and third level of the defense. We're just – I'm just strictly going off the front four. So and not, even just like last night's game, um, Brock Purdy. Yeah. I didn't think he could scramble like that. Yeah. He was – as soon as he got a second, he was gone. So, I mean, it was – that's a difference maker too. Making them plays like that, they ain't count for. Right. Well, all I'm saying is I'm glad that my uh, Joey Bosa 49ers jersey come in on Saturday. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm I'm going the Chiefs, like I said, and you know I'm I've been getting blown up on on social media going, wait a minute, you're a pa- you're a Patriots fan. You're right, and they didn't come anywhere near the playoffs. So I root for teams that have the most Ohio State players. Yeah. So it's but again, and I've made this known before, I am not a Patrick Mahomes fan. I just, I don't know. I just, I think, he, and I've, I've said this, and I know he, he just shook his head when I said it. But I, I think, I think he's more lucky than he is good. And that's just, that's my own opinion. Like I said, you can take that in four dollars and get a cup of coffee someplace. But I just, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I'm pulling for the 49ers. Any that, opinion that has people start to argue with you online, that's perfect for us. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, boo that man. <laughs> Him and uh, Mahomes and Travis Kelsey messing around with Justin Tucker yesterday kind of made me not want to. Oh, yeah. root for him. I was like, man, why are you the kicker, really? Yeah, yeah. that's. You're yeah. throwing the when you're bullying, When you're bullying yeah. the kicker, that's. <laughs> I don't know. I the guess. kicker alone, too, just the kicker down there. <laughs> yeah, he's all by himself. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's tough, but, you know. I guess he learned that from the Swifties, you know. <laughs> um, so you're wearing a, a Pirates hat. Mm-hmm. What do you? How do you feel about the uh, the Pirates this coming spring training and next year? Is it? Ooh, so is it still under following under the uh, spend nutting, win nutting kind of? <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, it's so funny. So, like, I used to always watch the Pirates every single year, like, all the time. And then, like, after all the losing, the one year, I just I just couldn't watch them no more. Right. Like, I mean, it, it, it's crazy because it was a year they actually made the playoffs. But I still follow up with them and it's keeping them, hoping they do better. But they, anytime they get some talent, it's just gone, you know, stripped away. But, um, I feel like like a Cleveland Browns fan in the sense that he's hoping it. Well, but it actually turned around for them. They went to the playoffs this year, so I'm hoping like for us, it can turn around at some point in time. But um, it, we'll see if this is this year. Like I, it's hard to have faith. Like I don't want to be insane and keep thinking the same thing, and it's not. Right. But right. eventually, eventually, it's going to turn around. So maybe this year, I, I got to follow up some of the players and see. But um, hopefully, it'll be better this year. I, yeah, for uh, I'm a big Red Sox fan, and after this last season, and then like the spring uh, event that they just had, like even the owners are like, "Yeah, we're not, we're gonna still keep decreasing the roster," mm-hmm. and everybody and people were like the fans were asking, they're like, "Well, what do you? Why are you decreasing the roster? I mean, mm-hmm. you're we we one of the most expensive ballparks to go see in." And they're justified by saying, well, you get the Fenway experience. <laughs> that's good enough. So what? That's yeah. like, I mean, I, that's the way I feel with mm-hmm. PNC. Like, they're like, oh, it's a beautiful park. Yeah, but you don't want to go and see your team lose all the yeah. time. Yeah. It just, I mean. Pay 40 bucks for a beer. Yeah, it's just, it's I, don't, I don't get it. The experience would be great. It'd be amazing if they won. Because, like, you don't want to go there and just watch your team get pummeled. Right. Like, you want to go there and be like. It gets you more into the game. It makes you want to come back. Right. Like, it's a good experience. A part of having a good experience is them winning. Like, right. you can leave it out all happy and stuff like that. Like, not, oh, there they go again. Yeah, the the last, I've been to PNC Park, I think, twice in three years. And it, the one was not, last year was the year before when the Red Sox played there. Mm-hmm. And that was the only reason I went. It, and I like I said, I, I do root for the Pirates because they're close. But I, mm-hmm. it's just, it's... I'll go. I'll go to PNC if there's another team there that's playing see. the Pirates, and that's that's terrible. But yeah, it is what it is. In some cases, you're trying to give away tickets too. <laughs> oh yeah, and like Geek Seat or what are like yeah. uh, Tick Picks or anything mm-hmm. like that. I think even for the Red Sox when they were, I, we got like right, we were right off. I don't know, maybe 10, 12 rows off first base, mm-hmm. and I think my tickets were like twenty two bucks a piece. Really? Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, so it was... It was good for you, though. Yeah. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, is we go and the Pirates actually win that one. And I'm like, oh! <laughs> so they... <laughs> Boston won two out of three, and I went to the one game they lost. So that's... <laughs> I got one more question for you, Antonio, right. before we wrap up. Uh, as an athlete, you know, I think every athlete who's ever loved the game that they play, they get that... They get a feeling that they'll always have a fix. You know, they're always Jones and they have some kind of competitiveness in their life. Other than your business, other than your facility, you know, what do you do to get that fix? Uh, definitely flag football. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cause, uh, play, play with Silk as well. Uh, so I really enjoy playing flag football. It's a way of keeping me competitive and and getting back on the field and, and, and it forces me to stay sharp. Because the other thing is, people think that you're in like health and wellness field. Like, oh, you must love working out. I'd be like, man, I actually hate working out. <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't like it at all. But I like the results. Yeah. So it's like, and that's the thing too. When I play, like sometimes like if I get into, like, we'll start talking stuff, and like, cause cause I'm older, like a lot of kids I'm playing with are like half my age almost. Right. So 
like I gotta keep up with them. So and they're not gonna be like, I'm not gonna take it easy on me. He's like, oh, oh. Well, you're old, we'll take it easy on you. No, you still gotta play hard and everything. So that motivates me to go to the gym, to keep working out, to right. keep eating right, sleeping, all that stuff. So I really enjoy it. And you play too? Yeah, yeah. I see him when I first was playing. He made one of the craziest plays. I'm not sure if you remember it. <laughs> so like, y'all, I remember you was running down, and and you literally like this like superhero stuff. You threw the ball behind your back like this, all the way across field, and Chris Goodnight caught it and he took off. Oh yeah, yeah. I was just like watching. I'm like, oh my. It's like NFL blitz kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah it was, it was like that. He was running, he did a real smoothie set. Threw it, it was like it was a spiral all the way across. He just caught it and took off, and that's the one. That's the other thing too with flag football. It's different from like regular football. It's like like the game is different, like yeah. the strategy is different. It's a lot more um, mental. IQ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's quicker, quicker reactions, and it's different from regular football. So like you'll sometimes you'll get athletes come over. Or football players and think they can just dominate, but you can't. Yeah. You really gotta learn the game again. It's it's another humbling experience because you just can't go out there yeah. and like me playing college football in arena. It's like I can I can do well wherever I go for the most part, but they were just so different. Like you had to really learn, and I'm still learning to be honest. Like it's right. still, you know, still still definitely a challenge. So I like that. Like as far as a competitive edge, um, that. Um, I really like that's really I really like to do that as well. The, well, cra- the craziest I'm oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. The crazy thing is is like the the toughest uh, level of football that I've played as far as like flag wise goes is co ed. We play in this co ed league <laughs> and like there's so many rules and then you have the females involved too. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's actually really hard to be good and sustained greatness in the yeah. co-ed football league. I'm not even surprised by that because that one it lasted it was I think if they had if they had done it right, there was it was like some kind of it was tackle football but the girls were wearing like lingerie or something. Oh yeah. It was yeah, really lingerie, tacky. Yeah, yeah. But uh-huh. those girls hit. Like yeah. that was no joke, man. Yeah. I I watch it for like literally yeah but I mean they <laughs> they would literally knock the hell out of each other. And that's mm-hmm. the same way my daughter played basketball high school college and the girls game were always rougher mm-hmm. like you don't mess with women in sports yeah. man they will yeah. jack you up the girls aren't t- the funny story so when i talk about a dislocated thing that actually happened to one of my teammates um the girl she, she caught a pass she got an interception dislocated her finger i was like oh the other girl comes over and says put it back in place she's like oh <laughs> but the girls are really, really good. Um, that's one thing, like, because like you said, you gotta. In order for your team to do well, you gotta have good girls. You gotta have good, good, yeah. good, uh, good girl receivers, good girl quarterbacks, and they, they gotta know the game. Like yeah. our, our quarterback is so funny. He will literally, like, he's an equal opportunist. I'll say that. Like, if you run the wrong route, he'll just yell. If you do this, drop the ball, he'll <laughs> yell. And he he does the exact same thing to the girl. Like if they're supposed to run a choice route and they run the wrong route, he's young. I said run a dig. You ran a slant. You know, like he'd be on them. And like, but they but they get it though. And it's it's crazy to see them know football so well. And um and it's to play because I never like you know growing up you didn't play with girls and playing football. Yeah. And in the ceiling where they're at now, I, I, there's some girls who make way better plays than some of the guys. Oh no um, doubt. It's just yeah. I I'm like. I, and that's, and that's, I don't mean to sound sound sexist or anything, but I just never seen it before, so I'm always in like awe, like oh, yeah, she made a great play, and yeah, like, getting this Dota game, yeah, and it's 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 great to see, especially like I said, I'm I'm I know I'm biased because after having a daughter and 
watching her grow up. Like when she started out, she played little league because they didn't have softball. So she played with the boys. She did all oh, that yeah, stuff. Yeah. She made an all-star team. She, I mean, she was, mm. and she got tagged with a pitch one time. Mm. I was coaching third base, and I didn't do like the. I just stood there. She got up, she rubbed it, and she looked at her. Looked at her, she goes, "You hit a girl. You happy about that?" <laughs> and started running to first base. I'm like, but yeah, like yeah. I said, it's 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 hard. But I I I love to see now where like you're getting to see like more of women's sports. Yeah. that you see on television and that they're involved in. Like now, I think even here around the High Valley and others, I think there's a number of schools that have female wrestling teams. Mm-hmm. So that's, oh, yeah, yeah. that's, that's, that's coming one, yeah. up too. So that's, that's awesome. But if you ever get an over 50 flag football league, <laughs> let me know and I'll come buy a ticket. <laughs> right. it's, it's actually funny him saying like his quarterback being hard on even the females as well is because – I play quarterback for my team, and if I make a mistake, the first per- first people I hear from in the huddle is my females. They're that competitive. Yeah. They're coming back to the, what are you doing? Let's do, let's get this, let's get that. And it's like, you can't even be mad. Okay, let's go. You know? Right, right. Let's make it happen. Yeah, that's awesome, man. So. Well, we're going to wrap up on this episode. Yeah. Antonio, we really appreciate you coming in. Yeah, thank you for making the trip. It was uh, really enjoyed talking to you. This uh, is great. I wish you the best of luck. Yeah. And if you need help, I'll go out to colleges with you and say, sign this guy up. <laughs> Get this going with your college. It'll benefit everybody. And so what apps are you on for people to look um, look you up? Any um, um, athletes so, or parents of athletes? Uh, you said app like social media? Yeah, social oh, media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they can look you yeah, up. Because we actually use the app to like to schedule appointments and stuff too. Oh, that. okay. But um, yeah, we're on Mind Body for that, like any scheduling purposes, anything like that. Okay. But um, we're on Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. TikTok is new, so mm-hmm. yeah, I gotta get on all. That's a platforms. new beast, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and um, soon YouTube as well. And where's your main facility at? Oh, Green Tree Sports Complex. Okay. Yeah. So it's good, especially like around here, tri-state area. You can get people from Ohio Valley up there. It's not a long drive. It's uh, no. I mean, we 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 actually had people come down from Cleveland before. Oh wow! Um, on a, for injury recovery stuff. So, good. Um, actually, the, the team. Yeah, if you ever heard of Ted Ginn, they're fourteen U, uh, the national team. They it's a Ted Ginn team. Ted Ginn Elite. They actually came from Ohio because one player had like a pull hamstring. Um, hip problem and then a uh, roll ankle was able to fix it. They ended up winning a national championship this year down in Florida. Nice. Yeah, so the how uh, they got the national championship under their belt for 14 years. So. Nice. Nice. Well, congratulations on that. Uh, and one next time we have you on, you'll be like, oh, yeah, I trained so and so that's in <laughs> Major League Baseball and this guy that's playing here and this girl that's doing this. And so, yeah, best of luck to you. Thanks. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it.